problem. Welcome to Bedroom Convos. On this week's episode, we have none other than KSR. KSR Music. If you're a big fan of people like David Guetta, Kelvin Harris, Triple X, Tendacion, he is the guy you want to listen to. How are you, my brother? I'm doing well, thanks for yourself. I'm good, I'm good. I was listening, I was bopping some of your stuff as I was doing some of my dungeons during the day. And I was listening to, to the track that you did in Somia, which was inspired by Triple X Sensation. Rest in peace to him, you know. Uh, give us a bit of a background, your music background. Okay, so I basically have been producing now for about four years and I basically could not really sing very well, maybe like three years ago, uh-huh. maybe around 2021. And I've been songwriting for maybe like eight years or so right now. And I started releasing my own music basically back in 2020, 2021. And yeah. from there, you know, I, I built up on a lot of my music over time. And I, I now I release every month. Yeah, that's basically where I'm currently with my music. No, everything is great. Sonically, it sounds amazing. And, you know, from, um, I think people, do you have any sound, sound engineers that you're working with as far as like mixing and mastering your songs? Uh, no, not at all. I do everything myself and yeah, everything is like self-taught and I've always, uh, I've always like stick to that. I've always stuck to that. So basically I've never really had like any, uh, external help from any other like mixing engineers or masters. So who are you listening to? Who are you listening to that inspired the song that you make? So I have uh, three inspirations. Um, specifically, it's Ollie, Trevor, da- uh, Trevor Daniel, um, XXX Tentacion, and I have um, one called um, Yeo. He's also like a kind of like a lo-fi type of artist, but um, Juice World as well is a big inspiration for like a lot Ooh. of my productions. So rest in peace to him as well. Legends never die. Um, so yeah, he's definitely one of the big inspirations for like my production side of things, but vocals and things like that are mainly Ollie and Trevor Daniel and another artist named Lies. No, that's amazing, man. And I've, for people who haven't listened to your music, I've realized that sonically your sound is international, right? So is there any background or is there a story behind that as well? Yeah, so um, basically my music is not just for, well, being an artist, you know, a lot of artists tend to do it for the fame, the money, the popularity, you know, a lot of the the normal things that a lot of artists, um, you know, want. And I think for me, um, I, I would consider myself different because my main goal isn't necessarily about the fame or the money. It's actually to break the stigma around mental illness. That's like my main goal because I feel like a lot oh. of people, people judge mental illness because they don't understand it so i feel like that's the main goal so my main like i guess aspiration is to change the world in that aspect and hopefully you know i um can get as many people on that as possible through my music that's great man that's great and i want to talk a bit about writer's blog you know i also do write music and i do a bit of production behind it and i know that writer's blog is really a thing you know like how do you go like you know past that writer's block thingy that you know a lot of people don't know like about writer's block because i also like am a sort self-taught producer 
songwriter or whatever you may call it and until i listened to an interview that who who was that guy who was his beats was talking about how his son helped kendrick lamar with the the writer's blog you know i don't know like yeah, have you ever experienced a writer's blog i think so I, i've been writers like i've been songwriting for a very long time so i think because of that aspect i've learned techniques over you know the period of time that i have been you know writing and i think like when i first started it was like writer's block used to be like almost every song and you know yeah. back then as well like it takes i feel like it's something that takes practice and time for you it's like kind of like practicing to the point where you know it's easier to come up with melodies to come up with lyrics to you know figure yeah, out yeah. your rhyme scheme and stuff and it's, it's, it's actually much harder for rappers to do that because yeah, yeah. Focus, singers focus more on like the aspect of um you know melodies whereas rappers you know you have to have rhythm you have to have flow and it's also you know there's more uh, lyrics that so i think with me what i use now that actually really really works is actually just humming a melody um like on the beat so that so you're just feeling you know you're feeling the, you're feeling the vibe you're feeling the beats and you know you just hum a melody and then you know you you eventually find something that like okay you know i actually really like this melody it seems really catchy and from that yeah. melody itself you change that into lyrics right and that's actually yeah. how um a lot of i guess um artists that i know uh you know to help with writer's block because it, it's actually very efficient and will save you a lot of time for melodies and lyric writing mm, i hear you i hear you so you know i was going through your tiktok and i've noticed that you haven't been working with a lot of artists it's always been like solo projects that you have on your page you know so is there any particular reason um, actually, so I actually have, I've, I've made, I think I've done like four collaborations. Um, mm-hmm. and I actually am working currently more on the, you know, co- collaboration side of things. I haven't necessarily touched a lot of, or like released, um, let's say a lot of, you know, music with other artists in the past, mainly due to the fact because I wasn't necessarily like, I felt like I was ready to, you know, be able to also you know bring another person into my um you know i guess music space or you know mm-hmm. involve someone with my persona but i think now you know this year specifically i'm working with a lot more artists and you know as my following grew much bigger i've gotten a lot of you know dms on like instagram and stuff as well to mm-hmm. collaborate with other people so i think now i'm, I'm mainly um collaborating with other producers so cool. um so that's like kind of the, the like where I'm at the moment. But I'm working with other rappers and singers um, behind the scenes, which will yeah. eventually, which like songs will eventually come up like in the next year or so. No, okay, that's great. That's great, man. Um, I just wanted to ask you another question, you know, and you did say earlier on when you answered the question, you said you're not really doing this for money or for fame, but you know, as someone who was also there's also business there's also a business element to this you know i for one i would say like piano is is, is doing is doing great in our country at the moment right the student wonders and you're still sticking to to sonically the sound that you make is there is there a reason behind that or is it something that's on the pipeline to say yeah we, we do have a couple of projects that will be coming out soon piano projects you know because that's where every year is at the moment is there 
a reason behind why you're not uh, currently doing piano? Honestly, I think that, so I'm a person who, you know, enjoys a lot of music genres. I think like I am also quite different in the sense because I do a lot of genres of music. So like, you know, I do UK drill, mm-hmm. I do pop, I do R&B, I do EDM, you know, and mm-hmm. actually, you know, surprising that you mentioned um, I'm a piano is like, I actually, I do have tracks that I'm working on, um, but it's kind of not necessarily like the South African um, specific, you know, inspired. It does have the elements of it. But it's like mm-hmm. kind of with also my style, so I kind of have like a little twist. But I'm still incorporating, you know, piano in in actually um, in my songs. So it's definitely stuff that I'm working on. I'm definitely trying to be a bit more like in well, also trying and experimenting with other genres and not only sticking to one. But at the at this moment in time, I I enjoy what I make, and that's where I am at the moment. No, oh, that's great, man. That's great. So are you independent? Um, yeah, I'm fully independent. I do have a management team. Um, they call it June Music Group, and they basically, you know, help run my social media pages. They they help me with scripts. They do photo shoots. I have my own graphic designer for album covers and things like that. Mm-hmm. And I'm fully independent. I actually am very against record labels, mainly due to the fact that I feel that record labels there's a lot of hidden fees and a lot of hidden costs. Yes. And and ends up um, a lot of artists don't actually realize that and they take advantage of that and you know a lot of uh, record labels take the percentage is 80 to 20 they get 80 percent of the royalties and you know the artist itself gets 20 or even lower than that and most of the time the royalties that the artists actually get from the 20 percent will be paid to hidden fees so in actual fact they're actually not making as much of money as that they would imagine or visioned to have made mm-hmm. with label right and it's different yeah. i guess with, with major labels such as like you know uh, sony music and universal music etc because that's a bit that's a major label so they have a different um contract based on that but for me personally i would never sign a record label due to that fact and i feel like independent should be the way to go so also with my um my management team it's it's basically similar to a record label but instead of you know something something that ties you to them it's a monthly subscription mm-hmm. thing so i pay them yeah. to do that certain thing so i also earn everything that i make and we both actually yeah. earn a profit because they also book my live events they book the venues they do all the you know they also do paid marketing and stuff so it's it's basically yeah. the same aspects of a record label but i i mm-hmm. i make a record label itself so how like how what's 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 do you have any splits between you and your management team team uh no not at all um so basically the the way they earn profit is through the live shows and everything that is incorporated um with my management team so like all the you know the graphic designers the videographers etc are all within their company so it, mm-hmm. they earn profit through through that and yeah there's no space so i earn 100% royalties of all the music i make i have full freedom i can make whatever i want and they just handle like the you know the tedious things like the admin and you know helping me to basically grow my name out there yeah no that's great that's great um you know i think one thing i wanted to speak on it's sync deals you know have you ever like thought about sync deals like music I have actually. Um, so the thing with uh, sync deals is that there's a specific type of like music in a sense that people 
look for for that type of thing and it's a bit more intricate there's like a lot of specifications and criteria when it comes to sync deals so it's definitely something i'll look for in the future but for now i'm not exactly staying away from that because i know it's um it's a good way to also earn money and also grow you know your music but it's i'll have to have like a specific way to actually get into like a sync deal because my music type is not necessarily um, it doesn't necessarily meet the criteria, if that makes sense. But it's definitely something that's on my mind. No, that's great. That's great, man. Uh, I don't know. Have you have you listened to Tyler? I don't know if you know who Tyler is. Have you had a chance to listen to, to Tyler's music? And if you have, can you tell me what you think of the style? Because it is it is influenced by I'm a piano, but it has an international feel to it. I just want to get your opinion on that. I don't think I have uh, listened to Tyler. Mm. Yeah. Okay. So, so currently, who, who are you listening to? Honest, okay. So I'm not listening to much South African artists. I listen to a lot of, um, I guess, like underground, underrated artists. So I try and like help and support smaller artists as well because I feel like there's a lot of artists that are out there that, you know, they deserve so much more recognition, but they, you know, they have the talent. You know, they have all of that, but they don't. You know, they're not out there. So. I try and look for a lot of artists like that. So at the moment, you know, I'm listening to an artist named Lyth. I think he has about like 1 million um, Spotify monthly listeners. And um, yeah, he's like one of the main people, but I listen to basically everyone, whatever comes on, whatever sounds good to me. You know, there's a lot of smaller artists like Lil Uber, um, you know, some Travis Scott, you know, like some some big artists that are out there. Uh, yeah, what, what do you think about Travis's new album? Yo, yo, that's that's a question. Hey, that's a question. Honestly, what do you yeah, think? Um, I think I actually I actually really enjoy it. I think from yeah. my like personal taste and also a lot of like his previous stuff. You know, I've I've been yeah. earlier stuff. I think this is like a different approach to it. But I think he I think he definitely stepped up. In this. Yeah, and I think I've had this album. I think it has more of a, a Kanye influence. Do you do you, do you beg to differ? No, actually, I think I kind of, I do see that because also with, um, I think Kanye is releasing his, uh, a lot of people have been waiting for, you know, Kanye to release more stuff. Um, but I think there is a slight, uh, I wouldn't say it's necessarily like a big aspect of, you know, Kanye's music yeah. to be like inspiration, but I, yeah. I can definitely see it, um, being part of uh, the new album. Yeah, no, I hear, and I, I just want to mention this, you know, and yeah, big ups to, to, to Mike Dean, who is a huge part of uh Kanye West's uh, album production and also Travis's and those guys don't often get credit for the work they do on these big guys' album you know mentioning Travis the guy behind the scenes is Mike Dean same applies to Kanye you know as far as like production do you see yourself as uh, a frontline artist such as you Travis or you more of a Mike Dean type of person who's like low-key behind the scenes and doing and making all the things happen are you which of the two are you? That's also an interesting question. So there's an artist named Graham, right? And there's also mm-hmm. um, another one who's called Lexmore. So they're both artists, but they also produce for um, other artists as well. So, but then they don't really, you know, they also kind of like, like how you said, you know, they don't exactly, you don't really know that they're the ones producing. So, but they kind of both. So I think, I think I will also be both. I'll also do the artist side approach and also work with other artists and produce at the same time.
Welcome back to Backroom Convos. I do apologize that, you know, on the, the first segment we got cut. I even forgot because I was enjoying the conversation. We were supposed to go on an ad break, but we couldn't. So, you know, we got cut there. So before we left, uh, KSR Music was still talking about two of the artists, you know, because I did ask him, you know, if he is a frontline artist like Travis Scott, or more for Mike Dean. Mike Dean, who is one of the, the producers that works behind, sonically works behind people like Travis, people like Kanye, you know, the synth, the synth, the synth that you hear in like new tracks such as Praise, Praise the Lord, the, the guy that works behind behind that sound is, is, is called Mike Dean. His name is Mike Dean. So, that's that's one of the questions that I was asking KSR before we went on on the break. So I'd like for him to to basically touch on that because we didn't get to hear the answer. Okay, so um, yeah, uh, thank you and appreciate the the comments on that. Um, so basically, I I would say I'm more like both. So like I just mentioned, it's um, before it cut mm-hmm. off. There's two artists named Graham and Lexmore. So both of these artists are popular on TikTok and other social medias. But they also, they're artists and they're also producers. So I know Graham, he sometimes uh, produces for another artist named Connor Price, which is also um, a rapper that went viral all over TikTok. And, you know, there's another one named Nick D. So these are all artists that went popular, that were popular on TikTok and their music... Uh went viral basically and a lot of um so graham and lexmore are both uh, really good producers and they also produce their own music for themselves but they also produce for others but a lot of people Mm -hmm. don't know that they produce for certain like you know other artists so i feel like with me specifically i would also be kind of you know kind of like that i would say i'm an artist and i would also produce um for others as well and I'm okay, you know, with people not knowing that, you know, I'm necessarily like, you know, the producer of a specific track. Yeah. Even though, you know, a lot of artists have producers and they don't necessarily get the recognition. But I feel like if they were producers themselves and just a producer, they would, you know, they should get more recognition for that because producer is what also really makes a song, you know, you know, hit. So yeah. I think um, with me, I'm okay, you know, not getting the recognition as a producer because I have my artist side of things already. So, um, mm-hmm. you know, if, if I get recognition for it, then, you know, then that's an extra. But I'm yeah. okay because I'm helping another artist, you know, with their talent and, you know, to, to get them out there as well. No, that's interesting that you say that. And I want to touch on something uh, now that you mentioned that, you know, this producers for sure hit boys producer timberland producer pharrell producer and i want to talk a bit about credits right so pharrell is a producer produced entrepreneur jay-z rapped on it uh hit boy produced uh king's disease one and two nas you know uh, on every on every song title you see that there's a hit boy featuring nas there's a timberland featuring you know artist Pharrell featuring you know the artist you do you do you also want that same of that 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 kind of credit to say this KSR music you know 
on the credits to say KSR Music featuring whoever the artist is, beat Pharrell or beat Jay-Z to say KSR Music featuring Jay-Z. Do you want that to be flatlined on every song that you've worked on? See, that's also another interesting question. Depends of how much work I've actually put in you know, to, to the actual song itself, because I know a lot of producers, you know, work with other producers and sometimes, you know, it's a bunch of producers working on one track, right? Which a lot of people mm. don't know, but if it's myself working specifically on, you know, one song with one artist or, you know, a few, but I'm the, you know, the main producer, I think that it's, um, it's very important for, you know, myself to be either, you know, in the description or, you know, on the title, at least as, you know, as featured um and if if it's necessary like my song for example like you know alan walker martin garrix you know david getter and stuff yeah. you know they work with a lot of other vocalists as well so if i were to you know produce something i think it would be good to have um both um myself and the other artists to be featured because i think it's kind of like a 50 50 effort because if i'm also mm-hmm. you know working for the production and you know doing all of that that's like the foundation for the artist to be able to you know do melodies and sing and write lyrics as well and what a lot of people don't know is that a lot of the producers are actually the ones that are writing the lyrics with the artist but so yeah. if that's the case um i'm i'm definitely definitely gonna need to take credit for that because that's that's what makes a song a song you know in a true true so i just want to touch again on you know the music you're an artist you're a producer have you faced any criticism or backlash for your music and how did you handle it most definitely i think like if you listen to mainly like my first various like my first few songs basically the year before that so 2021 around you know november december so i've released a song called you never mind um fantasy there's there's a few like a sleeping in the storm graveyard you know there's a bunch just just in, just to name a few back then like i was still learning so i was producing but i never really touched on vocal production right so it was very early stages of you know getting like a better setup i used to have like a terrible microphone i used to yeah. you know i used to work with what i had and i, I yeah. tried to make the best of that right so yeah. I think definitely back then, a lot of people, you know, complained, okay, you know, you can't hear my voice in the track, you know, um, it seems very like samey and this and that, you know, I think I've definitely got like a lot of criticism, even currently now, you know, the fact that I'm a much yeah. bigger, I guess, artist from then and I've grown quite a bit. I do get some backlash, um, yeah. you know, and it's always going to be haters, you know, there's going to be people yeah. that hate my music, but that's, you know, that's their opinion They're everyone's. Um, titled to their own opinion and they have their own taste so if they don't like it you know they don't like it but i know that i have majority of my following is people that enjoy my music and that's what matters to me so even if i did have hate i wouldn't necessarily like um you know like get back at them or you know have spites i would i would just be like okay you know i respect that that's what you think and you know if um i enjoyed what i do so i'm gonna keep doing what i do you know but if it's something that I feel that, for example, like, you know, a lot of people did say that, okay, you know, my, my voice was getting lost in the mix. And back then, I just didn't really know how to, you know, necessarily get that vocal production quality, like the quality enough to be, you know, music um, industry standard. And I think now it's much better, but I know that, you know, there's always still space for improvement. So whether I get criticism or not, I'm not going to take it to heart, but I just know that, you know, there's always space for improvement. So I can just work towards that. Yeah, 
that's interesting and this brings me to my next question this is what i think i think you know haters like uh uh are the the greatest marketers of the product that you're trying to push and anything you know they they get you to your target audience you know if and i'll use one person as a reference point because i think everything in this life is reference point anything that you you want to reference you can you know the airplane whatever but then at this point i would like to to, to reference casper casper with filler the first fill up he did he wanted to do the first fill up uh something wrong with the t-shirt and haters of course were the first to see that mistake and you know they kind of like amplified that and got that to relevant people and you know they started buying ticket ticket sales went up because of the people that were bashing his name but actual fact they were bringing close and close up to his target audience you know what i mean so this brings me to my next question which is do you think you know having faced so much criticism and backlash it's it's necessary for your own personal growth as an artist and producer oh definitely 100 because i think without like you know if it was too like a lot of people um like i generalized to the point where okay you know they can't really sing or you know they can't really produce and they only like take in all the good stuff then they become egotistical and then you know it gets to the head and you know they're not actually seeing the real you know the reality of you know where they are currently but i think you know the good like the, the hate and the criticism and stuff um i think it's good for artists because it, it kind of keeps that balance you know you have your good and your bad but it also it it, it helps you improve to know what you can improve on and i think what's good is like you know also on my tiktok tiktok page um my i think my, it's my second account it's called dragon reborn um that's yeah. where i used to like test out you know and like see what what music works and what doesn't a lot of like you know the hate and stuff i do get there i usually use that in like the the next video and i'm like okay you know like this is the comment that i got okay you know i'm gonna kind of kind of like prove you wrong okay i did better you know it's not like uh, a thing that i guess defines an artist but i think it's definitely something that's important to to make an artist um improve mm. themselves be better mm, that's interesting so how do you balance your artistry vision with commercial success and mainstream appeal honestly i think it, it depends like you know per artist but i feel like myself it's it's just basically i guess getting my like at the moment it's basically just getting my name out there and to the point where i have enough following to be able to do live shows like live shows is, is a big aspect of you know i guess my music journey to be able to you know just interact and have this like bond with people that enjoy my music because i understand that a lot of people who do listen to my music from you know personal experience and from um, people who have messaged me you know saying that they've you know my music has helped them in you know whatever they're going you know they they feel like they're not alone because someone else has gone through something because a lot of the lyrics i write are quite quite melancholic and quite sad and you know kind of tells a story yeah. so i feel like with regards with regards to that you know if, if it helps one person you know i'm happy with that because then i know that you know my music is making a difference and that my like my main goal at the end of the day is to is is to help people so yeah yeah that's great so what's your ultimate goal and aspiration is as far as you being an artist and producer i think it's just um i think i did mention in the first segment is the, the ksr movement basically to just 
um, break the, the the stigma around mental illness. Like that's that's the ultimate goal at the end of the day. Um, is that I want to be able to live in a world where people with you know depression, anxiety, PTSD, insomnia, BPD, bipolar, you name it, right? To be able to yeah. be like, you know what, they're human, but that, that but that does not mean that they're mental illness themselves, right? So mm. I feel like that's the something that's the the mindset that I want to change for a lot of individuals because society has brought this this false reality and false perception on people with mental illness and mental health that they are the problem but like i said they're not the mental illness themselves okay so i just want to you know ask you you've been making music for for four years now you know do you have any tips for any upcoming artists i think so a lot of the start of um you know artists and producers yeah. i would say you know it's at that point when you're still starting out i feel like quantity is better over quality the main reason why i say that is because the more you do the better you do get and you'll a lot of artists like for myself if i listen to something i made like four years ago i'm gonna be like damn that was trash you know like yeah. back then it was it sounded terrible you know but but in in the moment when i was making it, i'm like oh okay this is fire you know and you know like that's that's how it that's how life works you know that's that's how you you know that's how you develop yourself and get better so i think the main tip i would just say is that you know keep going and keep at it and it will take some time to get there but it will get there um the more you do it and once you get to a place where you're like okay you know what i feel and i'm you know i'm proud of what i do and i feel like i'm um, basically to that industry standard then you know then you can start working and kind of fixing the finer details in your music to be able to make it to like i guess um quoted like perfection right um yeah. to to a point where you can spend more time at like the finer details but that's more on like a later approach that that's what i've been doing now but back then you know i just, just used to like make tons and tons of music like i think i have over like like 500 projects that are just unfinished yeah. you know like I, I've, I've, I have a lot of stuff but it took all of that it took all of that to be able to you know get to where I am and you know the nice part about it is like if I do listen to something back then I'm like oh okay you know this has potential I can go back and I can go like okay you know let's change it up you know let's let's like reinvent it you know let's let's work on what the skills that I have now um, that I didn't have back then and I can make what I did back then into something that you know is better than what it like basically to the standard where i am now now yeah no that's really interesting oh uh for people who just joined us now we uh who just joined us now on the line we have ksr music we've had for the past 15 minutes for the past 13 minutes i'm so sorry for that so uh when you come back after the break we'll be asking him more questions and we'll ask him five questions that you sent send through to us to ask him uh after the break stay tuned
Welcome back to Backroom Combos with Lesejo and on the line we have KSR Music. We've had about the past 30 minutes now and we've been talking every day and there's a there's a uh, a quote that I like by, by the name of uh by the name I, there's a what did I say there's a quote that I love by the guy called Grant Cardone he says uh use what you have until what you have gives you what you want and I think in this interview you know KRS is the embodiment of that you know and I appreciate the fact that you know you had so many valuable gems to drop for for people who are mostly starting out in this music thing independently. You know, do you do you see yourself as a Jay Z of the future? You know, cause Jay Z is. Yeah, you know, I don't wanna be like. Yeah. Yeah, I wouldn't say I'm like you know e- egotistical about it, but. I think, you know, I think there's definitely potential for that. I wouldn't say I would be like the biggest, you know, artist or whatever in the world. But, you know, I think I can definitely get my name up there. And, you know, there's always going to be better, better, like people better than me. There's always going to be people above me. There's always going to be people below me. But at the end of the day, you know, if I get to that point, you know, I'm going to be grateful for them. Yeah, no, that's interesting what you said. You know why I say that? It's because, you know, I've listened to people such as... What's that guy? I forgot that the name just went out. We just went off. Ah, uh, the but even Jay Z does the same thing. Uh, Rick Ross th- does the same thing. You know, they all advocate for independency, but they do have record labels as well that they sign people and give them 360 contracts, which is a slave deal. But on the on country, they go out and say you must be independent you must be you know and i'm like but you you on this end are saying you must be independent but yet on the other end you are signing artists and doing what she said you stand for you know what i mean like what's your take on that mm-hmm. so i also have my old record label funny enough is that uh, it's called the oh, chaser sorry so the, the guy the guy i wanted to mention is master p Master P is also one of those guys that I wanted to to, to mention in on. So yeah, you can you can carry on. Okay, so I also have my own record label, uh, Productions. Um, yeah, KSR Productions is also a. I wouldn't call it like you know. I would say mine's not like the contradictory. Okay, you know, like I'm striving for independence, but then I'm also like signing labels, so like the slave deal, right? Yeah. The difference between mine is that there's also no there's no ties to. You know the record label is basically you know similar to like my management team but the difference is that you know everything is you know free and basically it's basically like a non a non-profit organization that i've done um that i've started it's still in like the the very uh, beginning building block phase but um the record label is basically to sign artists but to say that they're signed you know with, with ksr um the ksr productions record label but the difference with that is that i'm just going to be helping them you know, um, get their music out there, you know, 
to help those people who I feel like deserve the talent and they deserve more recognition to actually get out there in the industry because it's very difficult. Like like I said earlier, is that you know they can have the talent, they can have the skills, but you know if they can't get their name out there, then you know like they're not getting anywhere, right? And I want to make those dreams come true for those artists, and I want to be the difference maker. So not like Jay Z, etc., who's fighting for this independence, yeah. but then you know contradicting himself you know who's signing the 360 that you know these record labels because at the end of the day i still strive for independence so i would say that this record label is an independent record label and that's the difference Mm, i hear you and i just for for people who are listening now who are listening to you talk you know and they don't they don't they don't know what ctr is you know so i want you to, to to tell us what a 360 dl is you know, just break it down. What a 360 deal is, and what's your thought on 360 deals? Okay, so basically, a lot of the the record labels that do you know 360 deals and stuff, it's basically when you have a contract that um, everything you do and everything that the record label puts in um, is a cost, right? Which is not necessarily yeah. mentioned the actual um, contract itself. So for example, you know, if they're spending more money on like ad marketing, you know, they're spending more um, more money on like, you know, video shoots, etc. of, you know, music videos, those still count as a cost, right? Which is not really yeah. on the contract, on the contract itself. Because what people don't realize is that, you know, like I said earlier, you know, the 80 to 20 split, as much as, you mm-hmm. know, you get like, you know, 20, 20, 20% as an artist, it's actually not 20%. It's actually like 2% because everything, yeah. you know, if also record labels, the money that they put in, right, it's kind of like the bank, you know, you take a loan, right? And, you know, you're currently in debt, right? You have to pay back the mm-hmm. bank, but you're also paying them in interest. It's ba- it's basically a similar, similar analogy um, because the money that they put in and let's say, you know, one out of 100 artists actually blow up, then fine, they make a mm-hmm. profit, but all those smaller artists that they sign, the more artists they have, the more money they make because they basically tying themselves to the label because in the contract, mm-hmm. it states that, you know, that if like, you know, if for example, you know, this artist they put in, let's say the record label puts in a million, a million rand or a million dollars in a sense into this artist, yeah. then they their approach to that and like, let's say it doesn't, the artist only makes like 200,000, for example, then they have to mm-hmm. still the 800,000 back yeah. right? which a lot of people do not know so and that's basically the, that's how the 360 thing works is that they will be tied to the record label until they get yeah. paid off yeah, it's interesting. interesting so would you say it's more like a loan mm-hmm. so it's it's actually a very a risky thing so I would say it's more like a loan so it's kind of like it's not so the difference between that is that it's kind of forced because it's not something that they're aware of at the, the current state in time whereas a loan is something that okay you know i'm actually going to go take the loan um so what they don't know is that um that's why it's so you know they get you know deep in this hole is because they're unaware that it's like encoded like a loan right um mm. so they, they get tied to the record label because you know it's it's different also because a lot of you know um i know a few black people who invested in artists and I, that's yeah because they don't uh, you know want anything back you know that's just them yeah. putting in money um you know like i know drake he, he he did that quite a few times right you know he's actually put in money um into other artists i know a person like i know simon cowell from like you know america's got talent he's 
you know, he's made so many artists big, you know, like there's One Direction, you know, there's, um, you know, there's a bunch of artists that come from that as well. But yeah. um, that's like, that's more of the investment side of things. When it comes to, yeah. um, you know, take like taking a loan in a sense, it's, it's basically, it's basically just trapping the artist without them knowing just so they can earn more. Yeah. But in actual fact, it's basically just selfish. Yeah. Okay, so for an artist who's about to sign a record deal now, what would you say to them? Well, honestly, I would say get uh, lawyers and in- lawyers involved first. Um, mm-hmm. So, like, also that's very important is to make sure that everything is, you know, like, like the lawyers can look through the contracts, and make sure that everything is no, you know, legal and everything that is um, benefiting the artist and the record label, right? Because at the end yeah. of the day, you want to make a profit, and they and um, and like they also want to make a profit. So, if it's something a record label that you know, like don't just like I know small artists, you know, when they turn 18, 19, etc., like oh okay, I got this record label, like you know, they get excited. I'm like okay, I'm gonna sign it, right? But what I say yeah. is that like, step back, you know, take a step back from that and be like okay, you know, let me let me actually think about this from a different perspective. Okay, what is this art? What is this? this record labels you know needs and wants they'll research the other artists that are signed to this label right look do mm-hmm. more research into that because don't be i would say for like smaller artists don't just jump straight into it like don't just go into the deep end because that's gonna trap you early on especially young artists like 18 19 you know as much as they adults adults and they can yeah. make decisions for themselves it's that's the that's the most scary part is because these record labels take advantage of that because when artists get excited, oh, okay, I got a record label, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm like, I'm good for life, you know, that's like, that's the yeah. ideology, right? And unfortunately, they don't, they don't have the education, they don't, they don't have, you know, the expertise to be like, okay, you know what, I'm actually signing my, I'm signing my life away, you know. So, I think with that, it's very important. Um, it's basically if someone wants to sign a record label, make sure that, you know, the, the is ask questions, ask many questions, like, you know, what's the hidden cost? How do they earn a profit? How do they start? What other, um, you know, artists are working with them? You know, I want like the proof basically and make sure that it's safe for both the artist and the record label before actually jumping into that. Because once you, once you're in and once you sign that, you, you're stuck. Mm, interesting. So for people who are listening to, to, to us now and they are presented with deals on the table, would you say, what would you say is better, a distribution deal or a 360 deal? Definitely distribution. I think mm-hmm. distribution much, it's a much better and it's a much more safer option because I, 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 like me personally, I'm against the 360. Yeah. Yeah, no, I see you. So, I've, uh, like you did mention earlier on when we were speaking, that you do have a company of your own, you know, KSR Productions. And I just wanted to ask a question, you know, does OVO, which is October's very own, owned by Drake, and, you know, a couple of partners, which also have, um, are under Universal, they're also working with Universal, there's also Sony, who's also signed, signed rock nation there's also what you call those island who's, who's also signed to warner brothers this the rigorous record label playback music which is signed under what you call is it sony as well is it sony i'm not sure if it's sony or if it's island you know so those companies have partnership have partnered up with like these big corporates universal one of one of one of brothers and you know 
mm-hmm. universal, you know, like, do you see yourself going there too, as far as, like, your company? Definitely, I think so. I think there's a lot of um, people that I think that I could definitely partner up with because the the case of productions, um, like business and the company itself, is to also just help independent artists and you know music producers, etc. So I do like you know sample packs, etc. Like you know I have a Spotify playlist thing, so I also am a curator. Yeah. So I have a bunch of genre um, specific playlists where artists can submit their music for. Um, a specific genre and then if they get approved it basically just helps them boost themselves to the algorithm all for free and you know uh, that's like the, the like the business itself there's um there's a feeling yeah. stuff people can like get beat beats and stuff so i basically want to kind of have my my business as a network um yeah. music network with a bunch of people um who have like the talent the producers etc to be able to work in this network to be able to help other artists and things. So if there was a partnership that I would um, feel like it benefits my my company, KSR Productions, um, then I'll definitely uh, look more into it. But it's definitely something I'm open to. Well, okay. So you, you just mentioned uh, something about playlisting now. And now once you touch a bit on it, you know, um, for people who are listening to us talk about playlist, right? So I know there's artists to who don't know like that there's ways you can like pay to get into like Grey Radar or Rap Radar and you know New Music Friday which is play those are all playlists that you can submit so the 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 playlist curators can review your song and to mind if they they can have you as part of their playlist right so for people who don't know how to to get into those playlists how do you know any ways as to how they can be a part of the rap radar in you know new music friday do you do you, do you know anything about that so when it comes to those type of playlists they call editorial playlists so there's different yeah. algorithmic um there's editorial so editorial has to do with the spotify um chosen um editorial curators where they choose music based on um, everyone that like based on their music so you submit uh, before your music is released you can submit from a week before um, to uh, like you pitch the music and then they listen to it if it gets approved then it gets on that music um, I mean yeah. on this playlist so if but that's only if it's approved and not many people um, it's not it's a very fortunate thing to do but once you get onto yeah. one you'll get onto you'll eventually get onto more right yeah. And um, the, I, the unfortunate part is that people who do pay for all of that is that um, they can get, it's actually illegal to do so. So they can actually yeah. get in trouble if people find out that, you know, if they, they pay to get into a playlist. And a lot of times yeah. people um, scam, yeah, a lot of people scam um, artists, like, you know, they get an email or something. Okay, I'm going to put your song in this playlist. You know, it has like 3 million followers or something. I'm going to boost you, you know, get yeah. you followers, get you this and that. But unfortunately, that's all bots. Right, it's also yeah. extreme, and it actually hurts your pro- your profile in um, your artist profile in the long run. So paying yeah. playlists is highly not rec- not recommended. You know, thank you. So for people who just joined us, so the lab we have KSR music. We've had that for the past forty five minutes now, but we are heading we are headed out for a break, and we're we'll, uh, we'll asking him more questions when we come back after the break. So I've heard that we'll be asking you questions, smash or pass questions when we come back after the break. So stay tuned for that. Cheers.
Welcome back to Backroom Convos with Lesejo M. For those of you who haven't subscribed or followed us, please kindly do that from wherever you're listening to this podcast episode from. Please follow us. Please like. Please rate this episode. This podcast to be specific even you know uh before we left when we went on a break Kesan, uh you did mention a bit about bots you know and that's what i want to talk about you know bots so the there was a report that came out i think it was from the uk from i'm not sure which university it is uh they were researching something on bots and they found that you know artists such as Ellen DeGeneres, Ariana Grande, Kim Kardashian, I think he's part of that list. They were using, they found that a part of the following that they have on Instagram, they found those to be bots, you know. And I want you to talk on it. Obviously, Ellen DeGeneres did come out and clarify that he, he knows nothing about bots or how that happened. But I want us to talk a bit about, you know, bots, you know. And there's someone who might be listening to say, well, you know, having bots uh, is being useful as far as social proof. You know, when brands are to work with you, they see the following and whatnot. And, you know, that's like uh, an entry-level requirement, you know, to have a huge, huge following, yeah. you know. That's good for social proof. But on the other end, it's bad for your, for your organic growth, you know. So I want you to tell us a bit about what bots are and where do you stand either it's good for social proof and your thoughts on it being a tool for social proof and your thoughts on it hurting your your organic growth you know just please touch on it for people who don't know just break it down for us so i think when it comes to bots it it's kind of like a, a good and bad so like you said you know getting that um you know let's say you're a business and you want you know people to trust you as a business then mm-hmm. you know you kind of want um then people to be like okay you know i can check the instagram page okay you know they have like 2000 following you know then they can yeah. more likely actually gain an organic following from the, like the bot following right um yeah but it it does have its drawbacks because at the end of the day those are not real people and you know like it 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 really hurts um the algorithm in like instagram whether it's like you know followers like fake followers like that yeah. it's or any other social media but even like spotify like you know um there was a time where my account on spotify you know it was actually bot streams right now they do yeah. eventually it is normal for artists to get bot streams um but you know they do eventually get removed if they're detected by you know spotify and you know yeah. they get removed. but the problem with with you know the fa- the the you know the aspect of that specifically for the music industry is that you know um especially spotify works in a specific way where you know the people that like your music it, the rest of your music gets pushed out to similar people that actually like that genre or, or like you know yeah. style of music right but when when it, yeah. when it comes to bots then your music gets lost, like completely. It doesn't get sent mm. anywhere. It only gets sent to people that are also listening to other people who have bought it streams, right? Which is kind of yeah. organic um, or any safer place. Because that's at the end of the day, you, that's you just building up. Um, you're building a, a basically a broken building, right? That's that's the, yeah. and it's eventually gonna crumble down. So 
so even when it comes to like um, Kim Kardashian and etc like you know a lot of these big people out there you know they have a lot of bot followings and sometimes it's not even like on um, on purpose to be fair a lot of people yeah. um, create the spots um, like you know profiles and stuff and you know, have the system where they can put these bots into the you know the accounts um, sometimes it's literally just to, to kind of get them into trouble as well um, you to be like okay you know I'm going to report this account because they are bots right and it's quite easy to actually <laughs> identify whether their account is botted or not um, mm. but like that's basically for smaller accounts when it comes to like big you know big people like the Kim Kardashian etc yeah. going to the following it's difficult to go like okay you know they have millions of followers it's not like everyone's going to go to each and sing every single person on their following list and be like okay you know this is a bot right so when it comes to that mm. as you know it doesn't hurt the bigger people but I would say um, so that in that case is not necessarily bad but when it comes to smaller people and you know like especially people can pay other people to, okay you know I'm gonna I'm gonna pay a bunch of you know profiles um, and stuff you know I know Fiverr does this um, you know the part where you can you know freelance you know people to like social media markets and stuff is that a lot of people also don't realize is that they advertise their things to be organic and you know it's all safe and everything but at the end of the day it's just like it does not make sense even for TikTok right you'll you'll see it like okay, you know like there's five, 500 views on a video but then there's a thousand likes, right? Now that, yeah. doesn't, that doesn't correlate or anything, right? There's times where like, okay, there's like a video that has like 20, 20 views, but then the art, this, this person has over 2000 followers. Like it doesn't, mm. doesn't you know, it, there's, there's obvious signs that um, you can see, especially people starting out, they're desperate because they're like, okay, I wanna, they're impatient, you know? They, they want yeah. this end goal, but they, they wanna rush things. So. Um, if yeah. anyone is listening, I, I would stay stay away from bots. Whether you're a big yeah. thing, like big social media celebrity or whether you're just starting out, at the end of the day, I feel like it has more negative um, yeah. than than positive. Yeah, no, I see you. I see. You. So, what are some of the tips that you would give to people who are listening to you, bro? You have a decent following on TikTok and views. Uh, a P, a P minus, you know, like what are some of the tips you give to people who are who are thinking about, you know, going into TikTok or growing their TikTok accounts? Um, so basically, TikTok works in a specific way. So, um, l- like learning about this with my my management team is that TikTok mm-hmm. has, you know, the attention spans of people on TikTok are very short. Like, you know, mm-hmm. they're like dogs chasing squirrels, basically, right? So, um, you know, you have to catch that attention. So either have something that, you know, hooks the the, the person watching so they can watch the rest of the video. So like whether that be like that, it has to be a short thing, like kind of like you're going fishing, right? The people that are watching are the fish, right? You just got to hook them in, you have to reel them in, in some way or form. And that's usually how um, TikToks actually really do well. It's, It's very rare that a TikTok, a random TikTok will do. You know really well so sometimes you will see starting out okay you'll get a video that's 100 views but it's also a hidden list right yeah once your your account is started like you know okay you see what works for you it, it can be different you know people had different styles and different hook ideas like with me on my second account that's what i used to experiment to see what works with me so i use hooks and i use like the ai um generated voice thing as a hook sometimes yeah. that's how like you know you see what's trend you see what's trending and you see what kind of works as you and yourself but also at the same time you want to do something that you enjoy 
Um, so I think when it comes to people, like the tips I can give them is basically make sure that you're, you're happy with what you're making. And two is that make sure you find a hook that can kind of just, it can be like a three second hook. For example, myself, I can be like, okay, this is the saddest song I've ever made, right? That's, that's already a hook by itself. Right, it kind of engages people. Okay, you know, it already finds. Okay, what is your target audience? You know, do, okay, sad. Right, you want to find like the people who are feeling down. Right, okay, you know, uh, let's say I got a song. You know, be like, okay, you know, I think all relationships should be like this. Right, then people can be like, okay, what? So you're kind of giving them a you're giving them a problem, right? And then immediately after that, you're solving the problem with an with an answer, and that's the main aspect of how TikTok, you know, Instagram Reels, YouTube Shorts all work so that's the best advice i can say is basically have a problem slash a hook and then lead into your um, execution or your solution to the problem thank you for that thank you so for people who are listening to us artists to be specific who want to release their music but they don't know how to do that can you please um help us with that because i know there's dsps such as you know uh, true call is GSP such as uh, what you call this other one? Distrokid. Uh, I'm used Distrokid. There's all those. Can you break that down for us? What's a GSP and what that does for an artist? Okay, so um, DSP stands for the Distribution Service Provider. So what they do? So I'm actually I'm with Distrokid at this current moment. Um, because mm-hmm. it's, I just feel like you're getting what you, what you're paying for, right? You pay for a yearly subscription yeah. and you get a ton of, of benefits, right? Where, uh, yeah. you know, there's obviously more expense, expensive ones. So with district specifically, um, yes, you have to pay, but you get a lot of like extras with the, like you're getting what you pay for, right? Um, yeah. whereas like a muse, for example, you know, the free option, there's a lot of free options that are out there, um, for like artists who want to start out just to get their music out there, you know? And um, mm-hmm. there's like, like Amuse, Amuse, Amuse was the first um, like DSP that I started with when they just first yeah. started, right? And then eventually I moved on to um, DistroKid. So I think when people want to get their music out there, having a good distribution, um, like a DSP, um, to have a good one that they feel like is necessary for what they want to achieve, so their goals, etc. For you know their music. Okay, let's say I want to release um, a song every week. You know, for example, then something like CD Baby or TuneCore, right? Which you pay yeah. every single release, you know, to get it out there. Then, um, then it's kind of like you actually use you're wasting a lot of money. Whereas like DistroKid, you know, if you want to release albums, you want to release unlimited music, then you know, then sure, like DistroKid is the way to go. Um, so like, and that's also if you're independent, because the record labels and stuff mm-hmm. can also like you know they do the they do all of that for you. So um, it all depends on the artist itself, but um, at the end of the day, like my recommendation is, it also depends. Like, okay, you have to ask yourself questions. You do some research beforehand. You know, what is the benefits? What's the, the you know, what's the drawbacks? Okay, you know, District Kid was TuneCore, District Kid was CD Baby, you know, Amuse, etc. And you kind of have to see, you know, what works and what doesn't. So yeah. No, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you for that. Uh, so now I noticed when I was looking into platforms such as TuneCore and you know CD Baby, on their latest plans they do have publishing, but you pay for that separately. And I want to talk about what publishing is for people who don't own their publishing or want to know what publishing is and how it works for an artist. I want us to talk about that. Can you please enlighten us? 
Okay, so the way it works is that so a lot of um like artists don't really understand or like you know just in general like people don't really know what um publishing is for like in for like an artist in the music industry etc but mm-hmm. basically how um a music publisher works is that it it basically on the behalf of songwriters or composers or you know producers etc they collect and then pay out all of the royalties um you know from from like you know the music that you make right um there's then like you know royalties is another another topic but the, the way you know like certain things for example this to kid you know though you earn 100 percent of your royalties right so they don't earn any like yeah thing, you know relates or commission etc for like your music so i know like I yeah. it's um i think it's cd baby but um if i'm not mistaken but like i know for them you know per release they earn like five percent of you know your the publishing royalties right so yeah you get a, a bunch of different um royalties as well i don't i'm not like too i guess um educated on like the specifics but i do know you know that's like mechanical yeah. royalties um etc but you know also having publishing rights is basically your you own the the master uh, mastering you know the the master track of the song like or you know the like basically yeah. you it's your original track so people can't necessarily buy from you etc because it, it's your it has your intellectual property so then it's basically owned to you so that's your your own full um publishing rights but it also depends on like the distri- distributor sometimes you know they get 10% of the the publishing for them to you know pay you mm. you know what you earn but then they get like 5% or 10% of what you make oh, okay no i think you've answered my question i think for people who just join us now on the line we have KSR music we've had her for about an hour now and we still have to get to to this Mitchell Pass uh, artist edition, but we'll get to that when we come back after the break. Stay tuned. Room Cornwall's Red M. On the line, we have KSR Music. We've heard it for the past hour now. Talking music. He is an artist, he is a producer. He's working on music, great music. Go check him out on TikTok. KSR Music does wonderful music. If you are a fan of David Quetta and you are listening also to, to the late Triple X Tantas here, he does have some of those songs that are inspired by those artists and now we are back KSR we are back and we've spoken about a lot of things we've spoken about a lot of things but we haven't touched the match you know as another form of 
another stream of income you know multiple you're talking multiple streams of income now you know you have your publishing you have your your royalties and you know merchandise is also a part of another stream of income in I just recently learned that you know you can bundle your match with your album which also can contribute as a, a an album sale or a single sale you know and I want us to touch on that you know and what's what's your thought on match and what do you think artists should should do as far as like match do you think they should they should have a bundle to say I'm releasing an album and I'm releasing about an album but I'll bundle it up with with a match or should they release an album then afterwards you get match you know I just want to get your thought on you know having multiple streams of income and how to incorporate you know releasing album and match you know mm-hmm. okay so I think it also depends on how big the artist is because you know, merch is, is definitely something that is important. It's also something that I'm looking at um, eventually. Um, so, like, my slogan is called A Dragon Reborn. So, it basically, it's like the type of merch that I'm I'm going to be, you know, having at some point. But when it comes to, you know, releasing merch with an album, I think it's basically more for a bigger following. Because at the end of the day, you know, that's also kind of hyping up, you know, okay, you know, this is the merch that's also dropping with the album, you know. And the more people yeah. that have it would be like, oh, okay, cool. You know, I'm wearing, I'm wearing this much. You know, like people are gonna be like, yeah. okay, I want that too. You know, so then they're gonna go, you know, go listen to your music and be like, okay, you know, this person has much too. Okay, I'm, I'm, I'm gonna get the much as well. So as much as they also listen to your music, they get you're getting more money on top of that when they buy your merch. Now the yeah. different um, with like smaller artists or something for myself. So let's say I release an album, right, and you know. I get, you know, like a, a bunch of people who actually follow me for the specific album. And eventually I can be, okay, you know, I want to drop a mer- like merch for this for the album that I already released. And, mm-hmm. you know, at the end of the day, if you want to drop merch, you have to know, you have to be able to have the following for them to actually buy it. Because at the end of the day, mm-hmm. you're putting money, you know, to actually get merch out there. Then if no one buys it, then you're not making anything. You're actually just making a loss, right? You know. That's why I would say for smaller artists, in a sense, you start out with like you know releasing the album, and then if you get enough people who, um, I think like the active listeners on Spotify, you know those people, um, like the active people that are actually you know the ones that will listen to music monthly as soon as your song releases, you know those are the people who more likely will buy your merch um, than people who just join, right? So yeah. That's more for like, you know, startup artists, beginner artists, you know, amateurs, and etc. You know, people who've only been in like the industry for like one or two years. Whereas, you know, bigger artists, you know, like, um, okay, there's a bunch basically, but, you know, when it comes to like Trevor Daniel or, you know, a lot of people, like even Juice World has had merch once in yeah. that game, right? So, like, when it comes to bigger artists like that, and, you know, that's that's a different um, aspect because they already have the following. So, you know, if they already drop much, they, they can be sold out in like the next hour, you know? So yeah. that, that's a whole different, I guess, ball game itself. So um, mm-hmm. also when it comes to, you know, like um, incomes. So yeah, you, yeah. you can you can earn from merch, but a big um, aspect of earning uh, like income is actually from live shows. Live shows is yeah. actually um, so as much as you can earn from like Spotify, Apple Music, etc., um, you know you get royalties from that. More the more listens and more streams you get, but the the part that you actually the most artists actually earn the most from is actually their live shows, um, because 
they earn the biggest profit from live shows and touring. So as soon as people start doing live shows, this is also why I want to get into live shows um, as soon as possible. It should start in like the next two months or so. But, um, you know, that's that's where you earn the most income because that's like you basically you book a venue, you know, you have a, a team that's working with you. And then like, you know, let's say it's a thousand people and your tickets are like 1,200, you know, that's, mm-hmm. that, that's a lot of money already, like just, just for one show, right? Sure. And some people have like two shows in a day. Some people have, you know, like six shows in like the three day span, you know, like, um, yeah. you know, like John Legend came, you know, Imagine Dragons, you know, they, they, they were artists that came recently and, you know, there's people that, you know, that, that want to, um, you know, there's a lot of people like, okay, I want to see this person that, especially if they have a big following. And even if, even if they don't, you know, starting on a small scale. So like for me, I'll start like maybe on a 50, 50 to a hundred, hundred people. And, you know, that's already much more money than you will be yeah. with like, you know, the, the music that you're making on Spotify, Apple music within like a year, right? That's already in like three days. You're making that a whole amount of money. Yeah. Yeah, no, that's dope. That's dope, man. You know, um, talking about events now, spoke about events, and we we will get to this mission pairs game. But then this is the last question, I think. So I want to get to 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 the live events game. You brought it up. You know, like what are some of the biggest show that you you want to be a part of in the future? You know, there's your ultras where you get your bigger your bigger artists. You know. So, what are some of those shows you wish to be a part of in future? Well, okay, so as as a producer myself, my dream is also to I don't know if you know Tomorrowland, which is a big, big festival, right? Big, yeah. big festival, right? And I actually want to be able to DJ because a lot of a lot of my like I do produce a lot of EDM music and I I don't release it, yeah. But I have a lot of EDM music, you know, from Slap House to, you know, Future Bass to Big Room, you know, basically the stuff that you play at EDM festivals and raves and stuff, right? Yeah. So that's the type of like, you know, marshmallow type of like, you know, type of type of styles. So that's definitely something like Tomorrowland is like definitely a must. Um, but when it comes to like performing and artists and stuff, working, you know, performing or going on tour, with artists um, like another like artist like I've mentioned, Trevor Daniel is definitely an artist that I, I would love to perform with, um, and you know building up from there. But I don't think I have like a specific necessarily. Okay, you know I want to be this like ultra for example. I'm I won't necessarily be like okay I want to be specifically for ultra. I think Tomorrowland is the only like specific one. So yeah. if I you know get to the point where I'm like you know co- like collabing with a bunch of artists etc. and we go all on tour. Like, you know, just, just, you know, being, um, being there to be able to interact with people that enjoy your music, to be able to, you know, interact with different, um, ideologies from other people and other artists, because everyone sees a different mm. perspective, right? You know, there's a saying mm. that says that, you know, there's, there's always, you know, there's your side, there's my side, and then there's the truth, right? So I think that, that, that also applies when it comes to music. So I think with like shows and stuff, it's definitely, it's like, it's definitely um, something that most artists really enjoy, but it's it also makes the most income, and it's basically it's basically a win-win. You know? mm, yeah, no, I hear you, I hear you. And uh, I did say it's the, the last question, but I have one more question though. Um, let's talk a bit about awards. You know, over the years in South Africa, to be specific, just recently we just heard that uh, even the Grammys are being bought. You know. And I want to share your take on it to say there's artists who are like your 
who is this artist who was like i'm not big into awards kanye was like no the grammy that's when he pissed on the grammy it's like mm-hmm. now the grammy you know after grammys or all that that happened with the grammys in south africa we had people like of making make world on social media to, to speak about the summers being bought after nasty yeah. c won an award where they were in the same category and nasty took it and there were rumors that they was also bought you know and i want to share from someone like you if awards are actually a big thing and your take on awards being bought honestly i'm not like Awards are basically like, I mean, at the end of the day, it's just something that you have like physical that, you know, okay, shows, okay, you, know, you got a reward, like an award, right? That's okay, cool. But, you know, having the numbers and the actual, you know, the, the actual like behind, I think that's just more of like a, a fame thing, you know, like, mm-hmm. okay, you know, I'm, I'm the best artist in the world, you know, like that's like, that's the type of vibe. So if the more people, you know, people get greedy and then, you know, like, okay, I'm going to, I'm going to pay for this. I'm going to buy, you know, into this, right? just just for the, the the sake of like okay you know it's also kind of like a marketing thing it's like okay you know you can hear like okay whatever you know like you got i want a grammy right for, yeah. you know it's like four grammy nom- then people are gonna be like oh damn this person must be great at this like music then they're gonna go check out that person's music you know so yeah it's also like a marketing thing but me personally i don't think like awards should be as big as they make it seem i just feel like you know if people are going to be staying true to themselves and then you know that the you know like the words and the fame and stuff doesn't get to their head then it shouldn't be as important because if you're making the music for yourself and you know to interact with actual people then the awards does not matter interesting that she say that i just have another question even more i just want to ask i think this is the last one. i'm sorry guys i'm sorry <laughs> this is the last one this is the last one you know um for people that are listening you know there's people that make music on across the world you know what are some of the things that you wished back then that you know now and you feel like you know up and coming what you should know about um i think like i think we've mentioned a lot of aspects i think like knowing the record label stuff is very important to know what dsp you're using to know what mm-hmm. publish you know the publishing stuff to know how to get into sync deals to know um you know to also know what equipment and what stuff you need you know to be able to budget um and you know manage your money properly to be able to like okay you know i need a microphone okay what does the microphone need okay i need an audio interface okay what does an audio interface need okay it needs like you know a power adapter or you know you know having like uh, monitors right having an uh, like a you know like a synth or something you know having something that yeah thing to have the right equipment because like as for i built my own home studio because yeah. you know going to an actual studio can be quite costly quite and especially, yeah. especially if you're starting out it's a it's in the long run it's better if you can you know eventually save up to have everything yourself because then you're not paying um you know any of the like the extra costs and stuff for like mixing engineers masters and stuff that's why i wanted to learn everything myself so i can do it mm-hmm. you know i don't have to pay someone else to be like okay you know do this do that if i can do it myself i don't need anyone else yeah no that's that's really powerful that's really powerful so i want to talk about you just mentioned that you have your own home studio let's talk about budget for someone who's studying out how much are they looking to spend into building a home studio well if you're looking at getting like a proper you know at least like an i7 you know pc or like laptop or something that at least has like you know 16 gig ram 
um, minimum, it's very good because, you know, that really helps, you know, with music and stuff. So that's like costing you around like 30, well, 20 to 30K already, which is, I know it's a lot, but that's like, you can still work. Like my laptop at the moment is kind of very old. Like it's only a two gig, I mean, uh, yeah, two gig RAM, right? Which is actually not the greatest, but I make it work, you know? So even, even if that's the case, that's okay. So I think with my, like my setup, I've, I've bought like six microphones now and I'm working, um, this is the sick microphone that I have. And I basically just started off from a very small budget. I literally bought like the first microphone was like 300 bucks of Wish. I know Wish was yeah. all, all, all the places. <laughs> um, I, it, it actually, surprisingly, it actually came, but you know, yeah. uh, like, you know, that was where I bought my first microphone because it was cheap. Okay. But I made it, I made it work. Right. Because at the end of the day, what also people don't understand is that you can have terrible equipment, but you, as long as you know how to use it, then um, it works out, right? So I'd say a startup, you can literally, like even even below like 2,000 Rand, like, or like, you know, that's it's like how much, you know, people can literally start out. Even, you can even start, like I literally, when like two years, like not even, when I was in, like when I was 14, right? I, I literally made music from my phone. Like the, that, yeah. that, like I literally downloaded BandLab on my phone, and I was like, okay, you know what? I'm gonna get some beats. I'm gonna, you know, I, I and I was releasing yeah. on like YouTube and stuff. Like that's already a start, right? So start people can't yeah. afford any of that. Like literally, just get BandLab. BandLab is an amazing free yeah. software that people can use um, to start out and actually make, you know, music and stuff if they can't afford a laptop or you know, etc. But like even software, like I use FL Studios. Um, well, to you know like to produce and stuff but if you're not producing and things and you just want to record then like um, bad lab or um the, like there's a there's a few that you can use that that are free yeah. but, um i think for starter artists like a budget of like even even yeah, under a thousand or two thousand yeah well thank you for that thank you for that well, people just joined us now on the line with k and but we've heard that for the past one hour 52 minutes and I've been saying we'll get to you to this mission <laughs> for the past 30 minutes now. Uh, I think after the break, for sure, it's the last segment to get straight into it. Let's go to the break. Cheers. Welcome back to Backroom Cold Wars with yourself and um, on the line we have KSR music we've had it for the past 15 minutes and now we are getting to the smash or special pass you know of being delaying it you know for the past 30 45 minutes or so so now we're getting to it you know this is a music edit smash and pass so the first smash and pass you, you would say 
if you, you say smash, you give us why you smash. If you pass, you give us a reason why you pass. So the first one is Drake. Drake, do you smash? Do you pass? I think this is music, music wise, yeah? I think this is music, music wise. You're <laughs> um, because like, because like the previous, like the one, like, he kind of fell out, you know, like the previous. So like, but he came back. So, yeah. uh, so, but I'm, I'm a, personally, I'm gonna say I pass. Yeah, I think maybe because yeah. of that one, that one L, it just, yeah, no, that threw it for me. Yeah, Yo, you're passing Jake. Yeah, bro. <laughs> yeah, man, I don't fuck up, but after, after that one. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, okay, okay. Second one. Taylor Swift, smash or pass? Smash, mainly because of uh, the songwriting and the storytelling <laughs> and the way, yeah. um, the way like not necessarily like the singing and stuff it's mainly because of the songwriting and the way she does her music videos and yeah mainly, mainly the songwriting that's mainly the like, aspect of what i like about it yeah so just an interesting fact that people don't know Taylor Swift's three album are part of the, the us the us charts top 10 charts for for, for many years now like all the, it was four albums it was four albums. I think now it's about three albums. I'll check the the data, the chart, the chart data. I think they did mention that Taylor Swift is something that for three to four albums that have been in the charts for like two to three years now. Yeah, you know, alongside your Kendrick Lamar's and your your Drake's, even you know, um, yeah, that I thought that's interesting to to put in there. But the dead artist is Post Malone. 100% uh, smash, 100%. Um, I think like yeah. a lot of the, the song that's actually went like really, got really popular on my uh, my like second Dragon Reborn TikTok account was yeah, yeah. was inspired by Post Malone. So um, definitely like he, he has a very unique, like the vibrato, um, he has a very unique yeah. sound. And I think like, especially when like um, the time when he really circles was was like yeah. like peak post Malone. So I definitely he's also yeah. a person when you do live shows and you see him people think he's weird, right? But you know he's just being yeah. he's just being himself. So like you know I yeah. I also love that about him. So definitely a smash. Yeah I, I definitely hear you going the post Malone thing, you know because sonically you, you do have like similar sounds in a sense, you know. But yeah, like I've I've, I've seen again, I've seen a couple of you know videos of him with like fans you know he's yeah. quite a a great you know yeah outside yeah. of uh, music and all that the hollywood shit he's actually a great person you know so the four the fourth person is beyonce queens the queen <laughs> that's obviously a smash i mean like come on like that's that's obviously a smash since 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 day one you know she's she, she's me yeah bro man. she's beyonce bro yeah of course like who's the, like beyonce bro she, bro bro like, i don't know like share anything bro like anything beyonce goes with me bro. yeah for beyonce real. all the way it's all the way uh the fifth artist ed sharon oh i like i, I don't know 
I've I've been to his concerts, so 100% smash. I think when he was like one of my favorite artists, you know, his songwriting, his the fact that you know the way he plays the guitar, everything is like ever since you know he started, and the fact like you know people don't expect when we you know when Shape of You was released, you know that was like the number one song on Spotify. When he started rapping, bro, yo, damn, you know people people didn't realize is that Ed Sheeran was actually a rapper. He was he was a like he was actually a guy at the side of the road, and he used to just rap and. You know, make stuff like he was very, you know, yeah. like swag in a sense back in the day. Yeah. He now he has his own style and stuff, so definitely a. Smash. Yeah, no, I like Ed, bro. Like what he does with live concerts, bro. The thing that he knows how to play everything, bro. Like yeah. every, he sings, he plays, bro. Yeah. He's a complete artist, you know. Ed is dead, and I was listening to one of the interviews where they were interviewing him about the songwriting. You know, it's like, yeah, just write the first song and take it out. Write the second man, take it out, and don't be as gay as you were saying as well. Like, your first, your first when you start up, it won't be as great as the product that you'll be doing in like six to eight years. You know, yeah, I'd... there'll be a difference because there's growth behind it. You know, he was talking about the the like ten out ten thousand hours rule. You know, you need to to apply yourself you know you need to apply yourself to what you want to achieve you know yeah so he was basically talking about the charity section by the way uh Benny Eilish 100% a smash as well like I think when when bad guy you know came out as well and you know her style and her voice you know like with this whisper tone but also this dark melancholic and um you know even her brother Phineas uh Phineas Eilish yes you know He's he's just like he produced amazing songwriter, but like it's also an amazing song. Hundred percent. Like now, like he writes a lot of Billy Eilish's. You know, he writes with her. Oh, bro. Kids. Yeah. And uh, I think uh, uh, I think I'm one of the few people who didn't know who Phineas was until I got to watch the documentary, and I was like, oh, I actually like this. Um, when you know, when like. He also releases his own music as well, so like you know, even yeah. style and stuff. Like I feel like it's also really underrated, and you know, but the Irish is like the you know the I guess all the lights and stuff on her and the glitz and the glam. But you know, Phineas is like in the background, but he does a lot for her. So, bro, yeah, I I kind of like that about Phineas as well. Yeah, he he took he took the, the what was it the Grammy? Yeah, he took the Grammy. For for well, the soundtrack they did for James yeah. Bond, the James Bond theme song, took a Grammy for that. Yeah. You know, shout out to him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. took a Grammy for that. Kind of special pants. Also, Smash. Um, I think like he's he's like back even like when you like I don't know like better, you know, um, young uh, your young brunk uh, widow. What is it? Young. I forgot. I forgot the name, man. But yeah. Uh, yeah, I know what you're talking about. Yeah, yeah you know the song. Yeah, you know the song. Right. Oh, it's it's young dumb, young dumb and broke, right? Even like even back then. Yeah. Yeah, yeah that yeah. one. You know that that was like that's such a vibe. You know, I feel like he's yeah. vibe is just like he's he's just a little like, like you know if you want to drive down like just driving late at night. You know. Yeah. Just want to play his music. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. No, I'll see you. I'll see you there, Lord. I feel you. He does have like a unique. The unique thing about him to say like there's there's no thing for me uh, how like uh i consume kenneth's music is the same way i consume um his music or summer walker's music you know it just it's different yeah. you know um 
Number eight, Ariana Grande. Smash. And the reason why I'm saying that is like the way she sings live and the way she can sing is insane. Like insane. Like, you know, like she's like the Whitney Houston of like the twi- like the 20th century, bro. Like 21st century. Like that's like her, like her whistle notes are so difficult. Oh. The fact the, the fact that she can do that live, right? With no and I know she like the she's an ama- amazing singer. And it's to, to think that she was acting in, in Sam and Cat on Nickelodeon back yeah. in the day to see where she is now, it's absolutely insane. Cause she's like literally one of the biggest artists like out there. And I think she definitely is oh. where she is. Yeah. So, like, I also love I think I'm also a fan of her vocal acrobatics as well. Like she's amazing. She's amazing, and you know, I don't know if she writes her own music, but shout out to her as well. But I'm not sure about the uh, the limits she's taking now. You know, relationship yeah. about that. Yeah, sure. Uh, DJ Kenneth, God, another one. <laughs> <laughs> um, honestly, I think I'm just gonna say Smash because of the fact that you know, it's like another one. You know, like it's just his yeah. vibe is. Also- He's just like, you know, you know, like he's known, he just, he's known for that. Like, I mean, I, to be honest, like, you know, I don't really know much on like his music side of things. I don't tell you, he's a meme, you know, like that, yeah, just, for that, just for that as well. Like, I'm just going to say yes. It's me, yeah. But uh, I also like, I'm, I'm not a big DJ Kenneth fan, but I'll, I'm also like the one person who listens to like all the commercial hits, you know, like yeah. I'm more of like a service level type yeah, consumer yeah, yeah. DJ Kenneth's music. Yeah, so true. yeah. Um okay, I also say Smash based on that. Ah, Rihanna. That's also a smash. I mean like yeah. ba- even back, you know, like even like not even only because, you know, she's you know, also acted in a lot of movies, but um, you know, like just the music itself and like the melodies. I know she did work with a lot of um a lot of like art like other artists, I mean other like um, songwriters and stuff. Like I know, um, I think it's Umbrella, right? Um, that I think no, it was it was uh, so Chandelier by yeah. by Sia, right? It is was actually meant for Rihanna. Um, really? That, yeah. So the original, the original Ooh. ask, the original like that's what a lot of people don't know is that you know, and she didn't want it. So you know, yeah. then eventually Rihanna, Rihanna got on like uh, like I mean, you know, like yeah, Rihanna didn't want it at the time, but. You know, like I, I'm also gonna say Smash because, like, you know, she's also had big hits. So yeah, yeah, you know, yeah, yeah. She she does. It. Plus, in what she she's doing with the 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 Kingsy brand is amazing. Yeah, you know, like her as a person as well. And shout out to her. She has a set ASAP mm-hmm. ASAP Rocky man. Shout out to them. And that that's the last of the Smash and Pace uh, artist edition bro i just like to thank you for joining me on this episode man i really i think this episode has been wonderful to listen to it and you know i just urge every artist to share this with like the community of artists who are looking to grow to 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 learn you know i think this is the episode to listen to and i i thank you again for joining me man thank you so much man like i think it's like it's an honor and it's a pleasure to be you know with you like this uh, i promise you like yeah honestly even though it took 40 to 40 to 50 minutes to get to like the smash up but you know it yeah. was it, it, yeah. it was it was honestly a vibe you know like just you know yeah, honestly, you know, and you know i'm like i'm learning i'm learning i think yeah. if it, this as well i think 
people who listen to the podcast trust me with how we select our guests and you know bringing such conversation to them i think they appreciate these kind of questions because they might they might know an artist or two who's going to write a blog they don't know how to to get over there you know they get they know an artist wherever they are but they don't know how to get their music to dsps they don't know what you know published in 360 is and if there's a podcast that you know talks about such things you know i think they'd appreciate it more because not a lot not every day you get you know episodes or or podcasts talk about music and we we went in depth on everything and having someone like you man i think we could also appreciate having you in heads the the visuals the video just to get you in studio so people can see you know can put the face to the voice yeah yeah appreciate it thank you sir. well thank you so much man um i think i'm just full of all the you know the rest of the listeners uh, i just want to have like a little yeah. quote um like a ksr quote to remember but it's okay. basically um rather be hated for who you are than love for who you're not oh that's powerful that's powerful i'll see you man can you choose you choose that you choose that rather be hated for who you are than love for who you're not and that's how we end this amazing episode check and then on